Hi, this is Kate Nelson, Cowboys and Indians editor-at-large. We're here with Mal Brings Plenty on his family's ranch here in Kansas. On set for the cover photo shoot for the August-September issue, we wanted to delve into some different topics about the American Indian identity. So today that's really what we're going to focus on. And, you know, there is a point in your life when that wasn't something that you embraced. And that really had to do with how American Indians were represented to you. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, when, when our rep representation is low and or even non-existent pretty much that, you know, um, it's tough to be proud of who you are. Um, I grew up in an era and time when in 1978, we was finally legalized to pray in our ancestors' original way of prayer. You know, uh, that was taken away from us for centuries and finally came back in 78. And so I remember the moments beforehand, you know, what the people been through and what was going on. And so it, it, it made a young mind just struggle with what what is going to be accepted? What, you know, what can you do without, how much of you can you be without facing judgment, mm -hmm. violence, um, you know, or even just verbal abuse, you know, was, was pretty prominent back then. And so it was, you know, it was really tough to make, to try to embrace your own identity. Um, where now today it's a little bit different. And so, when I got into acting, I got into acting for a couple of reasons. You know, I, I wanted to be to be an inspiration to our young people and and to show society that we still exist, and also to be an advocate. You know, um, so those are the two main reasons of why I'm like, all right, I'm going to get into this industry. And um, lucky for for me. I had the, the honor to meet Taylor Sheridan and, and he helped change that. You know, it was a struggle before that. Mm -hmm. But so, you know, it didn't, it didn't matter. It was, it was still a struggle. And so, um, but Taylor made it real easy. And a misconception that you're actively helping fight is the idea that all Native American peoples, all Native American tribes are monolith, are the same. And you want to show the rich diversity of all of the different tribal peoples across not only the United States, but Turtle Island. Absolutely. I mean, you know, when you, when you look back at our history and our past as a people, we were very diverse. The, and society doesn't know this, that there is no word that describes war in, in, in any of our traditional languages. We never warred against each other. We had our differences, yes. Um, not that not everything that our people had done back then was universal amongst all tribes. There were very few things that were universal amongst all tribes, but there was a lot of our languages, our everyday culture was different. Our homes, our where everything was different and it all pertained to the regions that we resided in. Um, and so for me, when, when I look at our past, you know, history books say that we warred against each other and that wasn't the case. If you look at the, the history of what we now know as lacrosse, 
it's a traditional game of, of a lot of tribes and, and a way to settle their differences. For example, mm. if two tribes were at the, at, at a good fishing spot, yeah, they knew that if they both continued to fish there, they would cause an, an imbalance within the ecosystem. So they settled that, okay, well, whoever wins gets to stay. Whoever loses has to move on. So they would set up a pole and they would put a fish at the top to, to indicate why, what they were playing for. And, and, but these games weren't easy. There was no, they weren't light. They're, you know, stickball games are pretty tough. But yeah. it's so, um, and like for us, we had horse challenges, different horse tactics that had to be, the, you know, demonstrated by a, a warrior from each band or each tribe. Uh, there was wrestling. There were many ways to settle the differences, uh, dispute without taking life. So we never warred. You know, war was brought to us. And that's why Crazy Horse, he used the guerrilla, they call it guerrilla war tactics. It's just because he didn't understand what war was and he didn't know that there was rules to it. <laughs> and so he did what he needed yeah. to do to make sure that the men that went with him would also make it back to their families. So um, for me, I want society to know that we're all different. Yeah, we're, you want to put us into one pool of uh, a group of people and label it Native Americans or even American Indians, but we are, we're all different as tribal people. And, um, but we're, we are very so diverse that we get along immediately. We laugh, we joke. I mean, there's a, con a strong connection with the, with the, amongst ourselves, you know, as as Indian people, and and so it's it's important to me that society begins to understand that, that the history books that the education system utilizes does not do us any justice. And even though there is this rich diversity, there is a shared history among different Native American communities and what they've experienced historically. Absolutely. I mean, you know, when you had, when the system came after the people, then that became a common ground for all of us. You know, what affected the Diné people, we know them as the Navajo, um, or the Nde, the Apache, or the Lakota, or the Shoshone. I mean, it didn't matter. Our, our issues and our struggles all became universal. We all shared the same struggles. And, and it was all due to the fact, to the confinement of these concentration camps we now know as reservations. And, and I'm just speaking a hard fact and truth that, you know, that was a lot of the, and when, when life, when the reservation life began, a lot of our problems began because it, they eliminated any of our, I'm not going to say rituals, but any of our ceremonies, but any, uh, also our day-to-day -day activities that kept our community strong and kept us a community. Um, even the women, the women lost a lot of their everyday life in, in that moment. And, and when the women became separated, it began to break us down faster as the people, because in our culture, the women are the true leaders of our people. Nature still proves that today. You'll never see a bull buffalo or bison leading a herd of, of, of bison. It's always the females. You'll never see a male bull lead the herd of elk. It's always the females. They decide when, when and which direction they're going to go, 
and, and how far they're going to go. And, and so we abided by that, that nature's laws, which is really honestly God's laws because he created them first. And so we abided by those laws and, and obeyed them. And so when our, res when, when our matriarchal setting was stripped away from us and the patriotic setting was implemented, it, it deteriorated our emotions, it, it deteriorated our thought process, and, and it definitely deteriorated our, our understanding of community. And what kind of healing and reclamation are you seeing American Indian groups do and individuals doing today to really embrace their identities? You know, we still have language. And I see that's really something that's encouraged and talked about a lot. Um, of course, now we still have our, our celebration events, gatherings, um, whether it be powwows or, or Indian rodeos. Uh, there's always something going on that still brings us back together as a community and as a people. And, and so it, it, it's exciting to see our people still able to come together and spend that valuable time with one another and share with one another. And, and let's say like, here's an example. Rodeo was one thing that was really truly allowed and encouraged within Indian country back in the 30s, 20s and 30s. And the reason being is because and they thought that that would be uh, another avenue of assimilation that would help speed the process of assimilation up. But the Indian people took it and they utilized that to in the, in, as a means to still communicate and still catch each other up, keep each other up to date because we didn't have, you know, social media back then. And, and we didn't have cell phones, you know, so it was it was a good way to keep the camaraderie of the, the relationships going amongst different tribes. So do you see the young generation as opposed to when you were growing up, you didn't see a lot of representation of yourself in movies and TV across media. But the younger generation is experiencing a totally different world. You know, you are absolutely right. When I was a child growing up, all we had was this Italian guy known as Iron Eyes Cody, you know, and then um, actual native actors started kind of making their way in, but it was far and few in between. You know, you have Simpson from Oklahoma, who was then uh, the one who flew over the cookies nest. He did a tremendous job in that, and he was a, a wonderful actor. And, and so when I saw him, I thought, okay, that there might be some hope. But then it was gone. He was gone. He was missing. I mean, not missing trade, but I mean, just there was no other projects that I caught him in. And, and so I thought, okay, that came in light. Yeah. And, and so now, where today the younger generation has so many other projects that are, that are happening. Reservation Dogs, Dark Winds, you know, Yellowstone, of course. Um, and 1883, <laughs> 1923. I mean, so it's, we are now, I feel like we are finally getting traction and, and heading in the right direction. And we have great advocates, you know, we have great allies, you know, amongst with Taylor Sheridan, 
um, with with um, Marcy and all of them from Teton Ridge. I mean, we are finally getting people that are like, no, come on. We need you as who you are to be right here, yeah. to be amongst everything else that we have going, you know, to 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 hold our own space. And, and so I'm, I'm thankful for the opportunities that we are actually getting today, you know, and, and I feel very hopeful for our younger generation because now we have a lot of young natives that are, are getting into acting, not, you know, my nephew Cole Greenspan is, is one of many and, and they're very talented. I mean, when I saw Cole in 1923, I thought, okay, I better hang it up now because <laughs> this young man's gonna, he's gonna be a star. You know, um, and so there's there's a ton of young people, very talented people who are finally getting those opportunities that we probably never, well, we did not probably, we did not get when we were young. Um, and so I feel like we're really starting to tear down these doors that had been kind of a hindrance in, in preventing us from having those opportunities. And the depictions of today are much more authentic as opposed to maybe the caricature uh the caricatures that we saw in the past right absolutely you know if um if i look back you know i just see how our native people used to be portrayed mm -hmm. and what we've become today is so amazing i mean it's like night and day difference you know i mean some of us still try to hold on to our traditional understandings of of what what we're supposed to look like, what we're, who we're supposed to be, what we're created to be. And, and we really try to bring our own identity into each and every project that we're, we're, we're lucky to be a part of. And, and so for me, you know, we have, our, our, our ceremonies are still here. Thankfully, you know, that we still have a language, we still have songs that are, that are as old as we can imagine. And, and so we have the opportunity to share those songs. We have an opportunity to share part of that and, and to let society know that we still exist. And speaking of bringing yourself in your authentic form to your roles, you're so well known today with your two long braids. But that's not just a hairstyle. That's a part of your identity. Can you talk more through that, about that? You know, I, absolutely. My... My braids mean everything to me, you know, because I know, you know, when you walk into a room and there's grandma sitting in that room and they see you and they smile and you see the, a light get brighter within their eyes because here's a young individual who still knows and hasn't forgotten who we are. And no matter what, all the adversity that he's, you know, all the, 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 the issues that he's ever faced or all the trials and tribulations or the judgments that has come, premature judgments that has ever come, you know, someone still has long hair and still fixes it in the way of his people. And, and no matter what happens, I'll always stay true to that because of the fact that one day I hope to see my ancestors again. When this life ends and the next begins i want my ancestors to meet me and say welcome home and so my hair is everything you know i braid it every morning and and people always ask me well how long does it take to braid your hair honestly there's there's no i don't know how long it takes because each each braid's a prayer mm -hmm. you know and it takes three strands to make a braid 
One strand represents the higher power, whether we call the higher power in God, Allah, Jehovah, Wachuntika, it don't matter. There's only one higher power. Yeah. The second strand represents our spirit. The third strand represents the earth, which is also our body. And so all three are brought together as one, as a reminder of how we must think through the, this gift we call today. How I must move through this day. But when I see my braids, every time I see them all the time. So I'm like, okay, if I come to a fork in the road at the crossroads, I have to think and I look at this reminder of how it must be. And then I choose the path that I have to be on so I can stay true to what the higher power dreamed me to be and made the choice for me already. <laughs> you know, so I have to stay true to that. And you've actually turned down roles that would have required you to cut your hair. That's true. You know, I've had opportunities, but people wanted me to cut my hair. And in fact, one director told me, well, your hair will grow back. And I said, are you, do you know for a fact that I'm going to be here to, to am, am I going to live that long for my hair to grow back? Do you know that for a fact? I don't even know that. I don't know what the, what the next hour holds for me, you know? And so I have to stay true to what I am now. And so I've lost out on opportunities and good opportunities. Um, but remember, I'm not in this for, for the fortune of it. I am in it because then I want society to know that we still exist and we are loyal and true to who we are. Well, and another part of your identity is, of course, the cowboy hat. Again, I don't know how often anyone's seen you without one. And that's a, a hard earned privilege to be able to wear that. Yeah, it sure is. I mean, you know, from where I come from, you have to earn it. And so... I've, I've, I've walked many miles because I got bucked off or, or there was a, a failure in attack and I came off a, a young colt and so you had to walk home carrying a stirrup or something that busted um, and the horses up ahead watching, looking back and making sure you're still following them because <laughs> they're taking you back home and maybe you're <clears throat> got a bum leg from the wreck or whatever the case may be um, and, and, and just a lot of hard work. You know, stretched a lot of wires, drove a lot of, you know, uh, fencing staples, drove a lot of T-posts, just the, the, done that in the Badlands. And that's very, that's like, you're better off driving T-posts <laughs> than concrete than in the Badlands. And so um, just worked my tail off and, and I feel that I, you know, I earned it. And, and so I take great pride in, in the hard work that my father and my grandfathers had shown me, you know, that, you know, to to live, you must work. Everything moves, you know, Sarah and my wife once said, you know, everything moves to live. Even a tree moves. I mean, today there's wind, the wind's blowing and these trees are moving. And so that is telling me that they're moving. You, you, we only just don't see the movement on top, but they're moving their roots deeper so that if when harder winds come, they're even stronger to can stay upright. And so everything moves to live. And so it's even like water. When water is in movement, it is healthy. But the moment it becomes stagnant, that water is no longer healthy. So I move not only because I want, want to take care of my physical, but I want my spiritual to be as healthy as well. And so there's always a constant movement. Well, and talk about earning your, your badge of honor. Your belt buckle is not just a fashion statement. Yes. 
um, that you got the 2019 celebrity cutting kind of. So Jake Green, who is one of the bunkhouse guys on Yellowstone, an amazing horse trainer. And um, he, he trains cutting horses. And so one day he said, you ought to come down to my place. You ever been on a cutting horse? And I was like, no, I don't have it. And um, so he said, he'll come down. And so Gil Birmingham, myself, and uh, Kelsey, who plays Monica, we jumped in a vehicle. We went down there. And and I got a load of riding a, a cotton horse. And I was like, I like this. I like it a lot. It was like a dance. And and so he goes, man, Taylor Taylor's in part. He does this celebrity cutting down in Fort Worth, Texas. You got to do it. You got to do it. It's for a great charity group, you know, called Carity. And so I'm like, all right. And um, one day I jokingly said to Taylor, I said, hey, Taylor, I might try that charity cutting, uh, the uh, charity cutting, uh, celebrity cutting out. He was like, all right. And he walked off and nothing was ever said again. And then all of a sudden I forgot about it. And he called me up one day and he said, hey, Mo, I need you down here first part of December for about a week. And I'm like, okay. He didn't say what Yeah. or anything. And so we got done and I went down there. And he hooked me up with a gentleman by the name of Spud Sheehan. And, and actually, Spud had these spurs made for me, but he's a, an amazing horse trainer as well. And so he, Taylor got me you know, involved in the celebrity cut and then was fortunate enough to co-champion. My teammate was Cody Johnson. And so it was a lot of fun. And then went back to second year, and my teammate was Nicole. And Sheridan and, and we end up both winning the event, you know, because he worked as teams. Yeah. And so we end up winning the event at that time. And so we won it two years in a row. And I went back third year, then Bill, so we didn't do so great. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to tell us the story behind these spurs. These spurs were made by my good friend, or he, my good friend, Spud Sheehan, who is from Australia, but he lives down in Texas and an amazing horse trainer. He was the one who worked with me when it came to cotton horses. Um, he took the time, you know, and, and helped me to understand. You know, I've been I've been to enough brandings in my life that I know how to move around a herd and stuff like that. But you know, there's a whole other process that goes into cutting, you know, the cutting events. But um, so one day he came um, came over to see me. And he gifted me these spurs. On the inside of the spur is the tribal flag of the reservation I was born on, which is a flag for um, the Oglala in Minor, South Dakota. And on the other side, he's, he's, he's from Australia. He put the kangaroo. And then, of course, the uh, uh, head of the, the, he has an Indian on the other side, which represents me. But our brotherhood is with the true representation of that, you know, on each side of my name. And so, um, yeah, I wear these spurs all the time just, because it, you know, he's like a brother to me. And so it just, we have a really good friendship and a good bond and I have a lot of respect for him and who he is and what he does. You know, he's such a gifted individual. And so many cowboys have an identity tie to the type of truck that they drive. Tell me about your truck. You know, a truck is everything. Especially when you live out in the country. I mean, you know, we have to be able to haul horses, haul cattle. I mean, haul hay, round bales. Uh, so we do a lot with our trucks. They're just not a vehicle that we go get groceries in. Those vehicles have to be able to handle everything that 
we need to, to get done in the day. And so we lost some pretty heavy loads around, you know, and pulling trailers and stuff all the time. And, and so our ranch truck is a white, it's our a Chevy Dually LTZ and, and uh, four wheel drive, of course, just in case. And then when we're on the road, well, then we have to travel great distances and go to different, different events or whatever the case may be. And we take our horses or go out friends. You know, we like, we go out, our buddy out in Utah, who's a rancher out there and, and, and we go see other friends. And so we're always taking our horses somewhere. And so we, when we look up to that, we perf on to, we have a Chevy Dooley High Country. And uh, it's just a comfortable truck for us. And, you know, we want our horses to be comfortable, but we also want to be comfortable. And we want to make sure that we get to where we're going. And so good, reliable truck is always a must in, in, in the cowboy's life. And for so long, there's been the identity of the cowboy and the identity of the Indian. But you're really trying to highlight Indian cowboys. Yeah, absolutely. Because a lot of my heroes were Indian cowboys. I mean, living legends, you know, um, as a child growing up, Howard Hunter Sr. is one of the main ones. And, and, and we look back at history, we've always had great Indian cowboys. I mean, you know, I could take... Jackson Sundowner, who was Ness Pierce, you know, um, he is the oldest, still to date, the oldest individual to ever win the saddle bronc riding in Pendleton Rodeo. Wow. And um, he took some time off because, you know, he had life, family stuff going on, and he didn't have the funds to enter up. But then the artist asked him one time and said, like, hey, why aren't you riding anymore? And he said, well, I just don't have the entry fees. And so the artist said, I will pay for your entry fees this year and so Jackson was like okay and so he ended up and he ended up went in the saddle run he rode a, a bronc by the name of Angel and she was pretty nasty I guess from from like the the, the stories that were told about her and and he they rode her out and so he ended up blending the Pendleton Gloria that year and you have such a great admiration for again you know, rodeo riders, people who do cutting, people who do braining, and you were able to witness a combination of all of those disciplines at the highest form at the American Western Weekend back in March. Yes, that was a wonderful event that was put to you, put on by Teton Ridge, and you know, and all the individuals that have been involved in that project, and so it's just. To be there in person to experience it, it's such an amazing time. And we were actually fortunate enough to bring in the the native um, warriors, women's warriors, um, flag troop, and and so they got to be a part of it as well. And and it was such an amazing event, especially to see them up on stage in such a huge stage, yeah. you know, uh, in the in the rodeo world. And so it was so amazing and and, and such a great time. A lot of great folks in Texas, of course, you know, I love Texas as well too. You can get people down there. A lot of our friends reside down there, you know, and so it's, it's always good to spend time in Texas with them and especially at events like that. You know, I, I just. That must have been absolutely incredible to see again, native cultural traditions up on the same stage as country music stars, like, Cody Johnson, uh, Darius Brecker, Cheryl Crow. That must have been pretty incredible for you. It was absolutely incredible and so breathtaking too, you know, all at the same time. And just, again, 
it's always about that hope when something like when events like that and, and when those moments happen and you get to experience it in person, that breathes so much more life into you. And, and just like, yes, we're, we're getting somewhere. We're being accepted is the biggest thing for me is that we're being accepted. I mean, you know, uh, my teammate again for in 2019 for the celebrity cut was Cody Johnson. What a great individual talent, not just only a talented musician, but he's also a legitimate cowboy. Yeah. Um, and so he's, he's, but he's a great individual. Um, the same, you know, I just have a great admiration for people like him, you know, I mean, Taylor Sheridan, I mean, she, that guy's got so much going on, but he's at the end of the day, he's still just a great individual who's a cowboy. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I just have a great admiration for folks like that, you know, and, and everyone that I've ever come across. I haven't come across one bad individual, and I'm thankful for that because everyone that I've ever got to spend time with or meet has been amazing, and, and I finally feel like we're truly, honestly making headway this time. It isn't just, well, here's a little breadcrumb. <laughs> we're going to just give you a little bit of the Indian, and then we're going to take it away. No. There are people, there are allies, there are advocates that are actually truly working hard to to continue that space to grow, to make more room for us, for more people like us. And so that's that's I think times are changing, and it and it's absolutely changing for the best, you know, for all of us. Because in what we know culturally, our knowledge is helpful to others, mm-hmm. and and what they with their knowledge is is also helpful to us. And so it's a win win situation. Um, no one is better than anyone else. We're all the same. We all share the same planet. We share the same atmosphere. We all look at the same sun, you know, so we're all human beings. But uh, now I feel like we're finally getting into that category, finally getting into that space. Uh, and I'm always going to say space because that's what it was. It was a space that was non-existent before. Mm-hmm. And, and if it did, it was just for a brief moment and it was taken away again. You know, um, but now it feels like it's growing. And so I'm very, I think we, these are great times right now, you know, for all of us and, and for our young people that are, that are interested in this industry, this business, and whether it's ranching or whether it's the film industry or your rodeo industry, it doesn't matter. I mean, there's, there's something available for our folks in this Western, you know, the Western industry period. And, and as and our people have always been there, but we're finally starting to get a little bit of recognition, but I think we can go at a little faster pace. That's why, again, I got involved with the INFR. Great, talented individuals. I want them to be highlighted. I, I believe they should have great sponsorships too. You know, I, I, I'd love to see Native people, their images up there, you know, whether it's an Indian cowboy or an Indian cowgirl, you know, with, with, with the sponsorships all over them too as well. You know, because that's how, that's how talented they are. And, and, and if I can help be a catalyst in getting that done, then so be it. That's what I want to do. You know, because again, it's all about giving back team and country. You know, because what I, what I do is for them. And you're really a living representation that an American Indian can be so many different things. All at the same time. Actor, a consultant, advocate a cowboy, a rancher, a friend, a neighbor, and embody all of that in one person. It's, we, we are, the human being is, is such an amazing creature. 
And, and I think that we just don't know how, how much we can bear. We just truly don't know how much we are capable to accomplish. Um, and so I tested my limits. I, I am the type of individual that's going to always constantly push the envelope, you know, and, and just see how far we can go with. It's no different than, than a horse. A horse is the same way. They're that brilliant. They will push the envelope and just see what they can get away with yeah. or what can they do. You know, and, and so I learned that from the horses, how to push the anvil. And, and that's why horses are such great teachers. And it's such a, a big part of my life because they taught me so much in my life. So that's why they are everything to me. You know, they mean the world to me. And, and so whether they're domesticated horses or untamable horses that we call wild mustangs, they are just as precious to me as, as these horses are and and because i know their value to the land i know their value to the weather and what the, and how they influence the weather you know they are a representative one of many representatives of the rains of the water they are the ones that know the movement of how to bring the rains to come you know but if we disrupt that movement yeah they're moving but we disrupt the movement that they're that they know they're supposed to be doing so the rains won't come because there's no voice being sent you know god god was no fool in what he made everything has a purpose everything is put in place for a reason and and when we can understand and 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 maybe if people begin to understand us our cultural knowledge then maybe the wild horses won't be in the situation that they're in me you know because then if you look at where's the where's the drop happening now in the in the country when before it wasn't that way why because there were horses everywhere but now drops starting to happen i mean i was i was starting to get concerned here on our place yeah i rode on our pasture and i looked to see what the soil was the ground was looking at and and i'm like oh boy i'm gonna have to load up some cows here, take them to town. I really don't want to do that right now because we're just trying to get rocking and rolling. You know, and so and to me, if I did that, then instead of continuing to progress, I will take a hundred steps backwards. Mm. And, and so I, I, do, I just feel like I have to continue to do whatever I can to make sure that they're taken care of and that I'm able to take care of them. And in, in a good way, in a healthy way. And so um, I had to convert back to a lot of traditional teachings and, and how to do so. And so I, it, horses are a big part of everything. Speaking of Mustangs, you and Sarah Ann are lucky enough to be the caretakers for, for two wild horses. Uh, I would like, I like to call it coexistent oh. roommates. Yeah. Um, because they have a purpose here and they, they've been doing their, their, their job wonderfully. Um, and, and so, yeah, we have a couple of wild horses here and, and I'm thankful for them that when we first brought them out here, nothing to do with us, frightened, frightened by human beings because of course what they've been through uh-huh. and, um, through time now, what we can get into, into the pasture with them, they'll come up, uh, they'll put their nose on you. Uh, I don't dare try to ever put a halter on them or rope them or nothing. I don't, I, 
everything. There are some horses that are rideable and some horses that are not. Yeah. And these are those horses that are not. And, and I understand that they still have a job for us because a lot of these wild horses that are still roaming free carry some of the DNA of some of our ancestral horses. Yeah. Because we've all, again, I've always said, and you've always had horses here. We had from, according to our elders, because we have songs, dances, ceremonies, everything just specifically for the horse that are thousands, thousands of years old. And we've always had, we've had great breeding programs back in the day. Uh, we had some of the great horse trainers back in the day. So the horse has always been a part of where my, you know, I son about Jackson Sundowner. Like was a great horse trainer. He was also responsible for their pre breeding program of the Nest Pierce and the Nest Pierce had a great breeding program. And, and so those are the knowledges and the, the, the knowings and things that people does not know about us, mm-hmm. that we are very much agricultural people. And I always have been, always have been. What have these two wild horses taught you? These two wild horses taught me. They taught me about humility. They taught me about strength. Just because a horse runs away from you doesn't mean it's scared of you. It, it goes away because it, it makes me look at myself. Mm. If, if my mind and my heart are not together in the right place, then a horse is always is brutally honest and will let you know where. Mm-hmm. And, and so when you're in that right place, then they, they'll come to you. And, and so they taught me about how to really, truly focus on myself, how to be able to have the courage to look in the mirror and be honest with myself. And, and so I tell you what, that's one thing I'm still hurting. You know, I, I can't always be brutally honest with myself. If I do, and I think about that, then I get fearful, you know, in some, in some, in some certain thoughts. And, and so I try to avoid the fear as well, because our people never knew what fear was. And, and now we do, you know, what fear is. And so fear really into, has been integrated into us. And we like embrace that now so much that it prevents us from adventuring out and challenging ourselves to do other things. So that's the reason why I'm a jack of many trades, because I challenge myself and to different things. I wanted to learn different things because I never knew what my future held. So just in case, if I have to fall, go, I, I don't like using the term falling back on something, but I, I, so I always try to make sure in my life, if I, if I do, if I, if I'm going to fall, at least want to fall forward. Ah. You know what I mean? And yeah, it may be the unknown, but at least I'm falling forward. I, I, I spent enough time in my young life, you know, always running back or falling back. So I try to change that as well. So. These two horses taught me a lot, but they taught me about movement the most. You know, that we had bison here. We had buffalo here. And honestly and truthfully, I can truly say one day I came out and and I got to the fence line just to take a peek to see where everyone's at. And I saw the buffalo come up and they were standing there facing the horses. They were both facing each other. And the buffalo took off. And they moved in this pattern. They ran in this pattern. They came back and stopped. And then the horses went in the opposite direction. They ran a pattern. They came back. And then the buffalo did that again. And I've seen them do this a few times, you know. They would do it two to three times a piece as separate. And the last time they would go together and they would run the full pattern. Whatever the pattern was. Yeah. You know, I, I wasn't up above to see down what they were doing. 
but I knew there was a pattern being done. And that's the movement that I'm talking about. And that's the purpose that they have. Their voice, when a buffalo calf is born, it is born knowing and speaking the language of its people immediately. The moment it enters this world, the same with the foal, knows and speaks the language of the people. We as healing beings are the only ones who don't have the ability to speak the moment we are born. Yeah. We don't even have the ability to walk in a matter of minutes mm-hmm. from the moment we are born. It takes years. And so they have a great teaching, they have a great knowledge, and they have a great connection to the higher power. And so I'm trying to understand and recognize that connection so that maybe one day too, I can have the same connection. And you touched on that, especially these wild horses, but horses just in general, reflect what we might not be seeing in ourselves because they're so intuitive. They're such sensitive, magnificent creatures. But sometimes that can be hard to recognize what they're seeing in us. And so it takes a lot of searching within self, you know. I, I question myself, but not in the manner or in the way that, that I, I truly doubt myself. I question myself simply for the reason that I want to know who I am even more. You know, what is, what am I, what is my purpose? I want to know that. I want to fully understand that purpose. I just don't want to have an idea of it. Yeah. I want to fully understand what, and, and, um, and so I, I question myself because, and again, it's about my relationship with the higher power. I want to know that when I leave this world, that I, I know where I'm going to go. I want to know that. I don't want to have an assumption. I don't want to have a, a hope that that's going to happen. You know, I want to know now before that transition, when that day of the transition does come. I want to know before ahead of time. So I'm going to go with the smile on my face. (laughs) And, and the doubt or the questioning that you're doing of your identity today is so different than the questioning that you did around your identity decades ago. Yeah. Now before decades ago, it was, it was about the physical appearance. Uh, Or now it's about the spiritual appearance. And the spiritual appearance should always be to, should always take precedence to the physical appearance because the spiritual appearance is what lasts forever. The physical one day we say, we say, this here is our grandmother. We say, this is our grandmother. But really what I'm saying is that one day, this is the grandmother that this body who she owns it is going to go back to her. And so I look at what is going to last forever. You know, and, and so if you think about forever, I mean, you think about the vastness of the universe. Where is the boundary? We don't know. Mm-hmm. There is no boundary. It is continuous. And so that is forever. And so when I think about that, it always comes back. My whole day and my whole life is always based around the spiritual understanding and the spiritual concept of what forever is. And so that's why I always try to stay on the positive, you know, because life is short. You know, um, my in-laws, uh, Sarah Ann's grandfather is 98 years old in his last days and those last two weeks of his life, we spent a lot of time with him. And I listened to his, his, his whole life talk from everything he saw. He was born back in the teens, 19 teens and, and here he lived 98 years. So he saw everything mm-hmm. that we only read about and 
And I thought we're sitting there one day and he's, he's laying on the bed and he was telling me a story. And I was like, wow, this man, this gentleman has seen so much. He's lived a long time. And then the day of his funeral, I looked at, I looked at him in his casket and how quick 98 years was gone. And, and I thought, oh my, that isn't a long time. That is not even a drop in the bucket of forever for, you know, for eternal life. And, and so that just kind of made me think even more, mm-hmm. you know, and it made me really look at myself even more. And, and so I live with the concept and I'm going to get spiritual for a moment. Um, I live by this concept that at the end of this, at the end of the today, I, when I lay down in bed, I reflect on my day. And I began to question and ask myself, did I do everything in accordance to, to make the creator desire to be in my presence as much as I desire to be in the creator's presence? Did I do that in this day? And if I, if I have a doubt or if I, if I don't have an answer, then I'm going to try something different tomorrow if I get to see tomorrow. Because it is always about the, the spiritual appearance the, the relationship and the connection. And when I look at these horses, whether it be these two wild horses or, or a coyote walking across our pasture, I want to know that I'm as connected as they are. And, and so that's what it's really about. My whole life is about, you know, it's, it's for me, because when it's all said and done, no one's going to, no one's going to be able to have an excuse for me, not even myself. And so I live by that concept. Well, thank you, Mo, for talking through what the American Indian identity means to you. Thank you so much, Kate. It's been a pleasure to be able to join you in this and and keep up the good work. <laughs>